Welcome back to Pod Clubhouse's continuing coverage of the first season of Beacon 23. This is for the third episode called, Why Can't We Go On As Three? What did you guys think of this this episode, Inez? I really enjoyed the episode. It was good. We learned a lot about who Aster is, a little bit about her background. Were you happy to learn that she's sort of a cons person? <laughs> <laughs> Con man might be out of date by that time. <laughs> Sounds like she's a businesswoman, just like getting shit done and living life how she needs to out in space. What about you, Gabby? Yeah, no, I loved the episode, of course. And no, she was definitely giving me mob boss vibes. So I'm super, super excited because that was for some reason a kind of an unexpected twist. But I went on a journey with her character from beginning, middle, and the end. And so I am not disappointed because I am a huge Tony Soprano fan. And she gave me hardcore Tony Soprano vibes. And I'm here for it. Super, super ready. Okay, so you mentioned Tony Soprano in our in our team chat. So what are the parallels that you see between her and the mafiosi king of New Jersey? The parallels of her and what an effective leader, <laughs> I guess, has to be. <laughs> no, I really appreciated that her character confuses the fuck out of me. I guess it's their, what Inez is saying, you know, like you could view it as just, I'm a business person getting shit done, but also she does some really, really intense things in every aspect. So she's definitely a player. She's playing the game and winning at all times she's ahead of everybody um at all times i'm really i have a few questions about just how much she actually knows and how much she's using halen i think the fact that you don't know what to expect out of her as far as her relationships go like do allies actually exist what is loyalty to her it seems like her only loyalty is kind of to herself and to her mission and that's definitely not the vibe that i got at first I thought she had a more empathy, but Tony Soprano also fooled me with his manipulative actions of showing himself as this vulnerable human raw person. And, and you feel sorry for him, but then his actions and her actions are questionable, yet you're still rooting for her. Or, I mean, at least I was definitely rooting for Tony until the very end. So I just um, appreciate their manipulative tactics that they use on their fellow characters and also for the audience. <laughs> That's interesting that you point that out. Like, for instance, early on in Tony's run, when the power structure shifted in that in their family and Tony maneuvered away so that... He was still in charge, but everyone said that Junior was in charge mm -hmm. as a way of like giving himself a, a, a meat shield, but it was his own uncle. <laughs> yes, and I feel that way about um, her and Halen, for sure. See, I felt like I was leaning more toward like what you said last week, that she's like really consistent and she is empathetic 
I thought that her actions, like, I think that she really wanted to just like, like to her, it was so like simple and forward that, okay, she's like bonded with this guy and she has like a genuine curiosity and connection to him because of what she's kind of putting together with the environment, with the crystal matching the necklace, you know, or like not the, well, the stone like structure matching her necklace and his visions. And so I think like she does have like a purpose for him, but I feel like the empathy for him is legitimate. I felt like she was still consistent with the journey that she that we've seen her on in the ne- in the first like few episodes. I don't see her as like a Tony Soprano in this. I think that she was genuinely like trying to like figure out how to like make everybody happy and get everything done, like fulfill the mission. She seems really responsible at like getting her job done. I don't know. I felt like her invitation or like her offer that she was going to help him get off um, and drop him off somewhere like that was genuine, but also because she wants to spend more time with him to kind of like keep poking and figuring out what's going on with him and how it might be connected with her. So you're talking about the last couple of episodes, right? So we're in the third episode and things kind of shifted because it's not that we're learning her backstory anymore. It's that we were completely like introduced to her actual like not few episodes worth of character buildup but like her life before the beacon and so considering that this is her partner this is this is her partner in many aspects and so what what was her mission then suddenly she meets this guy for like a week or two and then boom like Colleen deserves to be murdered by her own hand I don't I don't know how that's not Tony Soprano vibes. I don't I don't I guess like for I was considering that she got tranquilized and Coley was going to kill Halen and she needs like Halen and I think she genuinely like cares about Halen and um I think that it took her it is like complicated. I didn't get a a sense of like how long they've kind of also been apart. It sounds like it had been a while. Right. And so, I don't know, maybe she was just trying to, like, make sure that he doesn't die and the only way she knew how to do it would be that because she knows how, like, vicious and dangerous she is because Coley was the one that is, like, in charge of killing, apparently, in their missions. I mean, she's in charge of killing, but she's the one who has more empathy um, in general and more mercy than um, what's-her-face. She was going to kill Coley. That's not right, merciful. But she didn't. She didn't kill Aster, and she absolutely had all of the grounds to do that. And she knew that, and she said that. And then at the very end, in her last words, in the arms of her love to me, in this, I completely, you know, I liked all of the characters throughout. I really appreciated their dynamics. The the distrust. Okay, so this is another thing. Did Aster know that Kali was on the ship in the beginning? Because I rewatched this and I um, had the feeling that Aster is completely manipulated them in pitting them against each other. And it kind of seemed like she wanted the excuse at the end to murder her because Aster's on top of everything. And so the fact that Kali just like shows up, Aster came down, she already knew what was going on. She could have given Halen a heads up. She didn't. Of course, she knows their characters and she knows like their purpose, right? They're both like machines. They're both first instinct is like survival and to kill. Her first instinct appears to be like calculated and sitting back. However, she is the one who like makes all of the biggest kills 
so far in every episode. So she's incredibly effective in her game, which is exactly being on top and having a piece of meat in front of her. And Halen does seem like a good piece of meat. And the other woman, Kali, like was probably that for her. Also, the fact that Kali said that this is this is Aster's MO. Like she uses people. Like we have to really consider this person who's been with her for years. Kali said that she goes in and out of her life, but their relationship was still so close. Like Kali was, I, I believe that she was actually willing to do anything for her and for Aster. And so far, I feel like Kali's character seems like the most loyal of everyone. Of course, she was the one who still like had a mission. She did know about the crash. I think that's the reason why Aster decided to be suspicious because she realized she can't completely control her, that there was one moment that maybe she wasn't on top of everything. Maybe she wasn't, you know, the puppet master completely. And that's not someone who's empathetic. That's someone who's power hungry. And she's power hungry with a stoic face and with someone in front of her, at least one person at all times. She's the most likable person. There's definitely tactic. And when you're like defending her empathy, like you are also, you know, including at the end of the day, I does that she's still manipulating them at the same time. <laughs> so that's like still kind of suggesting like my theory like is is on the like it's not completely like conflicting of of mine it's just you like her more and maybe she's fooling you more like she's fooling Halen. so like her situation at the beginning of the episode if we're looking at it for aster right is that there's some amount of time that has passed between episode two and episode three, wherein these two characters have gotten to know each other. They hang out getting kind of high in the uh, lighthouse room. And so they have a warmer relationship. Then this other person shows up and Aster has to start calculating who can I get further with in that Kali just shows up with a ship, which is great because they don't have a ship and that's why they've been stuck on the beacon. But along the way, she figures out that Kali was knowledgeable if, if, if in fact she didn't even flat out plan the crash that could have killed Aster. Um, and the explanations about, well, you were never in danger, that didn't really seem to fix it for Aster. So you're saying like she had to kind of assess which one of these two yes. people do I bet on? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's too messy to keep more people. And also, you know, this muting Bart and maintaining the distance between Halen and Bart. I was also, I also became a little bit skeptical about that is, is she, you know, muting him because she's really just being considerate of Halen's feelings? Or is she doing it because she knows that he's kind of like a more emotional AI and he's really, really watching and good at his job, I guess, at like knowing everything that's going on with the beacon. And so is that one of the reasons why she's maybe using Halen as an excuse to keep Bart distracted or muted or quiet or something? My mind and interpretation is going off on different tangents. So we kind of have like two plausible kind of like storylines going on here. I think like the emotional like distress and anger over like you 
like knew that you were going to crash me and almost kill me, you know, and even the call, he's like, you were never in any real danger. It's like, you can't really say that because, <laughs> because Solomon was not the one who saved her. It, you know, she did get saved, but like, how would Kali and team um, know that? Right? right. Exactly. Yeah. And I felt like she was like, like, I think her mission is, um, I don't want to turn them into stones because I there's a bigger picture, bigger something happening here. She talks about it with both of them. I think she got some good engagement out of one more than the other on it. You know, Coley is, is like, stay on mission, stay on mission. And I think that Esther probably, like, is typically the stay on mission one. But there's just something bigger that she's trying to understand. And Kali gets, I guess, gets in the way of that. But I felt like her struggle in there was like she was just trying to like have this like genuine thing over here, like with her new like survivor buddy, and then also bring in her like past <laughs> life, bring in her past life to kind of like merge them. And she was just kind of like caught in the middle of like this kind of um, distrust that they had with each other. And she's just like, I don't know, I felt like that she was kind of just like annoyed by it and was just like still just focused on mission. And I think she would have been fine and happy if like all three of them were like good to be like, let's just like figure this out and then we can like all like continue on that's how i've interpreted it but i i mean i haven't watched beyond episode three well it so. is in the title why can't we go on as three and uh but but their oh, yeah. personalities weren't gonna weren't gonna mix kali didn't come in and be like hey i want to be friends with both of you simultaneously and not challenge anything happening here that wasn't what I she mean, did. I think that Kali, so I really appreciated how Kali was really consistent with, I mean, who she is and like what she should be doing. So she shows up and it is a really sketchy situation. Like we're not questioning it, but this guy, right? This like futuristic, well, further futuristic Wolverine man that is Halen. I did catch on to what you were saying, Paul, about, and, and I think Inez too, about what is his purpose? How did he end up there? And then I do think that you guys were onto something and maybe, you know, maybe he's being used as some kind of weapon or an agenda. Maybe everything is about the rocks or maybe, sorry, uh, like the fan things like theories or whatever just really started like forming with this episode for me but we're not questioning him we're just stuck on like oh this like guy is dealing with something totally unexplainable he doesn't care about the rocks does he actually care about the rocks is he also playing everybody does he even know what his purpose is like he's very controlled right so he's walking up the stairs in the very beginning and harmony is like skeptical of him and she's skeptical of like trusting him and he he kind of falls down and faints and you know Aster says oh the only explanation is that I've like over medicated him or whatever and so that I don't think is an accident I feel like she has to be doing that because she knows that he's like the more physically powerful one and of course she's already emotionally like manipulating the situation and now she needs to actually physically keep him in a certain state also you know, this was right before he met Kali. And so is this, was she sedating him even more just because she knew that if he was going to interact with Kali, he is like this kind of superhuman person. Like, was she doing that in order to just like, you know, make him a little bit weaker and 
not able to, you know, do some damage on her, right? So that it just seemed really, really staged. And why would they even mention that part of like him falling to the ground, right? Like I just, I just feel like there were a lot of little. That was odd, wasn't it? The, hints. Like whatever yeah. we had seen leading up to this episode was not a ton and some it wasn't i don't think it was like a week of them hanging out getting high in the <laughs> lighthouse i think it was yeah. quite a while and so i think we've missed some off-screen development between him and the stones to get to this point where when he passes them he, it's they're kind of like kryptonite right he kind of falls out when he when he gets close yeah. to them well, i mean a why are you leaving those around <laughs> that's what happens <laughs> you know what is up with the fact that the stones like the piece kind of disintegrates like that's another questionable thing is this and that's what also made me think that there is a bigger picture of maybe this whole situation is set up right everyone was sent by the same group well so far Kali and Aster were sent by the same group Halen we don't know but I mean I don't think it's a super stretch that he, you know, is completely or was completely like manipulated, created and then kind of controlled and put here and is like expected to do what he does. And, you know, this PTSD stuff, like where did that come from? And and exactly what you were saying before, it's like, is this something that's like happening on purpose to in order to change the game a little bit? Because it's just it's just too weird that these three people they knew solomon um was on the ship they knew solomon was going crazy they knew solomon found something and so they knew that i mean what they said i know it's like what you brought up is that they didn't know that solomon would save her no i i don't know but from what they said from just me not like being skeptical and adding to the theory is that solomon went crazy they were gonna go check on him whatever so they sent her and they wanted him to for sure take her in because they you know if they're just sending her there and the way he was kind of losing it that everybody knew it was maybe too much of a risk they knew that maybe his um like his empathy or his compassion or his duty would he would be forced to rescue were instead of just like not allowing her on the ship if she just went in like, so you're saying that there might be some okay so there's qta which is this whatever that employed kali and aster and maybe the pirates and they seem to be pulling some amount of strings to crash ships etc etc mm -hmm. but you're suggesting that there might be either them or some other party possibly you know larger in scope controlling even Halen's placement on on yeah. Beacon 23. Yeah, potentially. Yes. So that's one thing. So that's why I think it's like someone bigger because QTA had an idea about something. And so they did what they needed to do their dirty work to get someone manned on there. And they obviously like don't care about their like anyone they hire or just, <laughs> no, just anything or anybody. Everyone's always it. Yeah. And everyone's like I don't know. Oh, everyone who's there like talks about how stuff has just like gone to shit completely. And, you know, like there's there are a lot of crazy corruption and changes happening that every single character is bringing up. Did they actually think that Solomon was on the ship? You on know? Beacon 23? Yeah. Do you think like that, that might be a cover story? I mean, they knew that Solomon was going crazy. They said they're, they're use Yeah, they are using that story that like, hey, like Solomon found something. He's finding out too much, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Like, I wonder if they sent Halen to like 
kill him because Solomon found the rocks and the rocks, you know, are they even real? Is this all some kind of ploy? Like, why does it disintegrate, like dissipate, like into the air? I feel like that the rocks, I don't know if they're actually important, like physically, like have any real utility other than like a symbol, you know, what if they're all just like players for a bigger picture and the rocks are just like this idea that everybody is following and because i think that they they knew Solomon was crazy they they he was dangerous to them and whatever their agenda is because he found something out and then maybe they sent halen to kill him and then maybe they sent aster to just like find out what was going on like is solomon gone is Halen there? Is the mission still going? And then they sent the pirates to kind of off her. And then they knew the pirates wouldn't ask any questions because they're pirates. But then Kali's like a second wave of personnel that she didn't even seem to know about mm-hmm. the pirates either, right? She seemed to think that they were lying. But then again, Kali would say that had she arrived and found either the pirates or found the pirate ship with the rocks, she might have been the contact waiting to buy the rocks. Yeah. Our players don't seem to know the complete picture, especially Halen with his gaps in memory. Kali seemed like she could have informed a lot more, but I still have tons of questions about Aster. Like last week, we saw her kill the uh, pirate boss with a knife with four mm-hmm. four or five stabs. You know, when you hear about like, like uh, stabbing killings in the news where someone doesn't routinely kill other people they stab the other person a million times because the person just doesn't go down and it's a really slow way to kill somebody apparently but she got him in like five stabs suggesting she knows what she's doing suggesting she knows what she's doing right so this week we see her get collie right in the in the liver as a uh, beavis or butthead would say my liver my liver <laughs> um and yeah in one shot I mean, even though the, even Kali was, was supposed to be the person there to be the, the heavy, you know, the, the physical killing presence, but mm-hmm. Aster seems to know her way around this stuff pretty well for me, opening up more questions about her. I mean, she's a space geologist that knows how to kill you with a one liver shot. What? And, and you never expect it. Yeah. Mastermind is what she is. Tony Soprano is what she is. <laughs> she choked her out. So, you know. Oh my God, yes. It's a so super old, yes. At first I thought maybe this is like a mercy, you know, like a, like a, like trying to like make it quicker. But, you know, when you get stabbed in the liver, I think that that's like a pretty fast way to actually bleed out. Um, so... <laughs> Yeah. But uh, so I was thinking like, wait, so like, I, I thought like, OK, that's really, like really like interesting how she gets up behind her. And I thought, what an interesting position to put herself in. And then it's like this little dialogue of like, you know, I really loved you. And then she's like, I know. And then she all of a sudden just like chokes her out, which did feel also like it took a long time. <laughs> um, <laughs> and at that moment, I did pause and say, like, I don't think that this is a mercy like finish. Like this more like stop talking, stop talking, stop. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. That moment you were like, I don't think, but then but then you slept on it and you're like, actually she's fine. That yeah. didn't happen. You just <laughs> that oh, was you seem like a bard to Aster is all I'm saying. <laughs> 
That's funny. But yeah, you, I think you're right, Inez. A liver stabbing doesn't keep your mouth from, <laughs> from moving, right? And Aster needs to maintain some amount of control over what information keeps spilling out of that other woman's mouth. So yeah. Spilling out. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But she's still an honorable, on mission kind of gal. You know, that was just that was just a hiccup. I mean, she's a model Move employee. On. You mean you mean Kali? I mean she she no, was gonna I do meant, her job. Aster I mean, Inez's <laughs> perspective on Aster. Aster, Aster I mean who but at what, this point, what master is she serving, do you figure? Because uh, we have we have touched on it just briefly that there is something uh, happening between her and Halen that isn't being fully explored on, on screen, mm-hmm. right? There's some mm-hmm. connection being fostered by the rocks or supported or something. But we're seeing it mostly play out with with Halen's physical reactions, I guess. Are you guys seeing more than that? And I'm missing something or, or, or what clues are you guys picking up about this connection between the two? I do pick up like that there is this bigger context of stuff. I don't know the context. I don't remember if she said anything about where she got her necklace, right? But she seems like really stuck on like, I can't proceed with the mission until I understand why my necklace is the same thing as what's in these stones that I've never seen before in person. And then, you know, she's acknowledged and talked to Halen about his visions. So I think like them defining it as visions now and not just like PTSD, like flashback kind of stuff. I think that is probably a hint into this kind of bigger picture stuff. I don't know if she has visions herself and that's why she decided to label it as visions or if she's just like reaching and trying to put together. Like, I don't know if I'm supposed to interpret her defining it as visions as like this is definitely audience like what it is you know Mm -hmm. i don't know if it's that or if this is just her like really just trying to figure it out and people are getting in the way of her solving this puzzle i guess just talking about the episode in general i really liked seeing them be high and vulnerable with each other her and halen um or she and halen and uh Kali. i felt like this episode was really refreshing because you finally saw like people's walls drop and people smiling every single one of them smiled and this was new and so it was really interesting to me how her relationship with halen is becoming more relaxed it seems like it's more camaraderie i don't know about trust it seems more trusting they seem he seems more vulnerable with her for sure but again she knows that he needs her and that he's i think that she's like controlling him right with like the drugs or whatever but also she knows that he's kind of this like vulnerable damaged whatever i think he was sent you know to probably kill her and maybe maybe she thinks that too either way she knows that she needs to you know, remain in a certain position. And it seemed like she had the same agenda with Kali, right? Because she knew that Kali would always be there. She goes and does whatever she wants with whoever she wants. She comes back and Kali's always there because that love component like exists. As soon as she found out that Kali's duty was above the love component of control, she killed her. But the fact that she was, you know, like starting to become romantic with Kali again, 
And Kali even said, like, you don't have to do this. Like, you don't have to manipulate me or whatever, because I'm already going to follow through with whatever you said. So all of these were like clues as to kind of her tendencies. But also like Kali knows her best. And I think that, you know, like the SS, like Hitler did this, right? His closest army, those those closest militants who did the dirtiest work, there was a revolving door. They got murdered like every so often because they were way too close. And then the new recruits came up. And so I'm getting those vibes. But um, yeah, as far as her and Halen, I definitely think that their relationship is on like a, a stronger trajectory because I think his utility is far more valuable than Kali's because Kali is a lady and ladies tend to think for themselves a whole lot more. And so that is just too much of a clash. Um, so yeah, I found it super interesting that, um, suddenly after, you know, not several years with this guy, but just like a shorter amount of time because of the lighthouse and because the lighthouse or the beacon or the rays, I don't know, have this effect. I feel like it, it is accelerating, accelerating their bond and kind of like her power over him. So yeah, that was, that was really fun to watch. But can we talk about just in general, how the dynamics are different in this episode versus the last one, like just with every single character with each other, I felt like we didn't see harmony as much. And I'm kind of, you know, Bart is really on top of everything that's going on with his beacon. And like harmony's like been coming and going. And then the part where you know, she's like skeptical of Halen. Like, how is Harmony programmed? Like, she's a personal AI. What is she paying attention to? What is she not? It was, I really loved her line when she said that she hopes that Aster's not finding, like, not going to find what she's looking for. You know, it's just like a completely different relationship that she has with Aster as like Bart had with Solomon or just like has with the Beacon. So I'm wondering, well, I guess what you guys like think of everybody's character, but also like Harmony's in this episode. I noticed that that Harmony definitely took a back seat in this episode. Though I don't know if there was a lot of time to give to Harmony. She helped Bart come back online and did what she was told. We got we I think we learned probably that Aster's the only one that can ask her to do anything. I was actually kind of wondering if if other people could see her, but um yes, they can see her, but she doesn't have to do what they say, which uh mm-hmm. I think is a useful thing to know <laughs> about Harmony. What I got out of it was realizing that Bart's compromise system is more complicated than I expected. You know, usually like I'm used to seeing these kind of things get fixed right up once the bad guy leaves. Right. But that struggle that's still there and her trying to like understand that because they want to get the beacon up and running. But he's just like not able to. Dude's got a grudge. And I thought that was interesting that he's like, oh, I'm not, you know, he's not able to come out and participate in the functions of that but he was like ready to go with giving Kali all of the tea that she was looking for um oh that's true so that was interesting to me of like how much of his personality here is like I'm I'm kind of like hiding intentionally whereas uh Harmony could only really respond to Aster Bart was all too happy to, like you said, dish it out with with Kali. And she just showed up. She doesn't have any authority with him at all. 
Yeah. You, but I think he recognizes her, right? Because he can scan her and know, like, her background and obviously her father. Or, you know, she talks about her father so much. He's, like, this big honcho, cool guy. And so her, um, like, his legacy is on with her. And so she's very respectable. Also, he knows that she isn't, like, a murderer. <laughs> and he respects somebody but who's, she like, is. actually going to do the job. She totally but she, is. But she, she is. is. No, no. But she's she is on his team she's on his side they're working for the same people she murders people but like it's justice this is like a subjective like you're on my team you murdered the appropriate people not you are some rando who came and killed like my guy who like you mean in like the enemy my enemy kind of rationale exactly yeah 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 and he does respect like rules and people doing what they what they need to do he was very you know helpful to aster right he's not just biased but he has a grudge against halen for like good reason for him and so i think he's being consistent right he was happy when the pirates came and like were hurting him so that's just kind of his agenda he's just healing or something right that's his personality mm-hmm. well, well i think he does he's gonna spill the tea I think last week, Inez, you had mentioned something that I might have missed about the relationship between Solomon and and Bart. And this week we had the um, bit where he was quoting Shakespeare because he had learned from Solomon to go through this certain routine whenever he was booting back up. So I think what we're getting is a more complete picture of this wasn't just like Bart was Solomon's computer while he lived there. You know, this was something much more like he made Bart or crafted Bart or, or, or something more integrated than, than just this is my computer at my workstation kind of thing. When we're talking about a grudge or something, it might not even be a grudge per se as, as it's like he can't let it go. Mm-hmm. It's like a mm-hmm. part of him that, mm-hmm. that he holds Halen responsible for, for killing. Yeah, and I really did love him say that um, as he's rebooting that Solomon said Shakespeare would cure his mechanical drone. I thought, I mean, it's just you know, says a lot about Solomon, just that Solomon must have been so, like, annoyed with him that, yeah, he kind of morphed him into whatever he wants him to be that's, like, tolerable because he's on this lighthouse slash beacon alone with his only companion, and so it's, and Solomon kind of seemed like an asshole. Um, He he does, doesn't he? (laughs) Yeah, so, I mean, of course Bart's gonna be a little sassy, sass brass. Have you guys noticed that the beacon... You know, as far as lighthouses go, it seems like actually kind of a luxury hotel inside. <laughs> what? You haven't noticed like <laughs> like the bed and like the furnishings and like the seats well, and everything. This is future. Well, I know, but but this is still I like it. Basically, uh, you know, like a way station. It, it it could be very Spartan, but it looks very nice. I thought That's they've got booze yeah. and drugs. Being alone in space, being alone in space is definitely, um, yeah, luxury for sure. You got a robot and, and Beacon 23 has like an old robot, not even like a cool Harmony robot, AI person. Well, she's not a robot, I guess. You mentioned the drugs, the derma patches keep coming up. That seems to be a, a plot device that they, that they need to lean on is just slapping five in the future is a bad idea because they might have a hidden derma patch on you to poison you. It's it's effective, you know. It's like an it is it is trick. <laughs> it is it is. I wonder about the the lighthouse and the what are the what's it say on the same sign something about gravity waves. 
Yeah. Is that the that is that the light thing that makes yeah. them high? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Somehow just being in the presence of that thing or leaning against the device is what gets you feeling like you're high waves right like just like however it impacts like the body messing with like equilibrium i'm just picturing it like just continuous flow of vibrations good vibes man good vibes (laughs) yeah and harmony has nothing to say about any of that she has no comments so she's she's a really great personal assistant slash ally slash um well, has she been very judgy of Aster? She, she's been judgy of Halen and uh, Bart, but uh, not too judgy of Aster's actions. She doesn't even mention them. I mean, she did say that she hopes that Aster doesn't find what she's looking for, right? So that's... What do you suppose that means? So that's the other thing. It's really interesting how both of them are so in tune with each other. I think that they obviously knew that something was somewhat of a setup. Like their their intuition is on par all of the time with each other to the fact that anyone else who talking to Bart or something like has to give an actual demand like, hey, turn on the lights. But she doesn't even have to do that when the room was dark. So she just like implied like, hey, can you give us a little help or something? And then boom, like or we could use a little help here. And then she, she fixed, she just turns on the light and fixes everything. So I just feel like their, yeah, their relationship dynamic is just really, really awfully connected and close. And, and I don't know where Harmony came from, like what kind of personal AI this is, but it is really intriguing to me that it does seem like Harmony's duty is just to Aster and nothing, nothing else. There's no bigger picture for her. It makes sense. She's a personal AI. So I'm going to, you know, mold the AI to suit like my needs and nobody else like really matters because I'm the one who's inputting the commands. Um, I bought this AI, right? How do you get that? Yeah. How did she get that AI? Well, because, you know, she she kills people like with her, like helps her. But she, like you've also noticed, she has shifting alliances with people, like what Kali was trying to tell Halen, right? That when she needs something from somebody else, she'll she'll move on and, and leave whoever she had behind. But that doesn't mean that she doesn't still need some solid bedrock of support that, that, oh, completely. that will never get sick of that behavior. Yeah, I know. That's, that's really, really effective. I'm just... Um... I'm just really, she's asked her just, she's like a lucky lady with harmony because Bart like runs his mouth, you know, these other AIs like have some kind of moral compass that there's programmed inside of them. And harmony is just extra, extra useful to one person. And I love that, but I don't know. I really appreciated every single character dynamic and I liked every single character in this episode. So I thought that was really great how the writers do an amazing job with their character development. I thought it was really effective. And um, I was sad to see Kali leave, but I also, you know, completely accepted it because I'm here for Aster and whatever <laughs> a sociopath agenda she's got going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that might be that might be the case with, with Aster. We were probably on to something last week when we said that episodes are going to basically involve people coming to the beacon and doing something. This one had kind of a mix, like 
like Kali didn't show up in like the first five minutes of the show. She they let us get some character moments with Halen and Aster just hanging around doing stuff. And in fact, I was wondering if the whole episode would turn out that way, kind of slower paced after the first two episodes involving a pirate boarding that's more action oriented than this one was. But we still got some of those beats with Kali arriving. Do you guys suppose that this will be like the same sort of thing that we get in the in the next couple of episodes like like more people showing up will will QTA send yet more representatives more aggressive negotiators to sort out what's going on with their rocks because it seems like also space travel in this universe in this you know science fiction universe is not that fast so they would have to have known weeks ago, months ago, maybe even years ago, that, that they needed to send even more people to get these rocks, counting on wave after wave of failures um, and needing that redundancy planned in. I think they now have access to the ship that Kali arrived in. So there's that. Right. But this is called Beacon 23. So I feel like I have a big assumption that everything's taking place at the Beacon. <laughs> Wild. So? She's right. right. She's on to something. Right. Uh, but Cheer- yeah, the Cheers didn't have there. a lot of non-Cheers episodes, right? No, yeah. The way that I'm going about this, even with my fan theory, is that I am so excited for whatever is to come. I do assume that it is going to be people coming onto the set because they have a good thing going with not like expanding their budget. That's interesting Like that you said that with the time travel because they do travel really quickly. I think that they're just, you know, so far away like they're traveling from i don't know different like galaxies to maybe go through i don't know maybe it's like an extra extra far distance because i saw their little ship flying around last episode and it was going pretty fast the the one that crashed you mean yeah yeah (laughs) so yeah i do think that more is gonna happen because i mean can the rocks get off i'm it's, oh, that's interesting. You're right. Like they do, they did have to send people over like long periods. So like it did take them a little while, even though I don't really believe anything Astra says. It's like with a grain of salt, you know, I don't know if it was months that it took her to get there, but yeah, the time frames are. Kali longer. was the one who said it took four months. Oh, it took Astra four months. That's what Kali said. Or it took I don't. I remember Kali four months. I don't remember. I only watched it once, but I remember Kali saying. I thought Kali said that it took four months, but I, yeah. Now I now you we're talking about. Yeah, it. I, I think don't Kali remember. said that it took her four months, but not. I don't know this. I thought Astra was more like two months, but either way, it doesn't matter. Um, that is really fun and interesting that it does take everybody a long time. I appreciate that. The pirates could be or could not be QTA subcontractors, but their existence does sort of imply that QTA could put out a call to other local operators, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Since it exactly. does take. Yes. That's what happened. Okay. Yes. Oh my gosh, this is great. And then, and then another thing, right? Um, Kali like wasn't surprised by them having been there. She wasn't surprised by anybody. She did say that she didn't know about anything, but Aster made it clear that like 
she had. And then another thing, she kept bringing up her father and she kept being disgusted by Halen because he's like special forces and really important in the military. Yeah, but her dad, you know, was special forces. He was only there for five years, but he like, she knows that like when you've been involved for that long, like this is what they do to you. And it seems like he was like a higher, ended up becoming like some higher level than her father. And so the fact that like he became so high, like that's out of even her father's clearance. And so I think that that was really interesting that she just kept like hating on him because he's a deserter. But then it also made me skeptical about, is he even a deserter? Because we don't even know, like he is just, it has higher classified like Intel or is, is being used for, for more things. Like she knew more about Halen, not just because she like looked into him, but also because she has so much military brat experience that she knows how the game goes like with this military and this organization and so I thought that Kali was so awesome she was such an excellent source of like information in this episode and I'm really really sad that she's gone but I think the way that they did it was it's just not even in her death right like she was just dripping with information and I was just like here like sucking it all up (laughs) so I just hope that they keep doing that (laughs) Little bits of information as new people arrive. Help I mean, new people get stabbed. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's that's another thing. We should keep a tally or like make it a game. How many stabs is it gonna take? Is is she gonna stick with one? Is she gonna stab multiple people one time? Like she's she says she's a little assassin. After. That's her preference, yeah. That's that's where she felt the most confident. <laughs> she no hesitation is, both times. Both times most... it was just like stormed right in and got got the job done instantly. Right, but also the manipulative aspect of that. Like, she's a pro at manipulating people to murder them in the most intimate way possible. Like, the hardest way possible. Like, emotionally. People who, like, stab someone, it's it's very, very personal. It's not the same type of person who can murder someone with another type of weapon and then in that close range with the stabbing. That is that is assassin who knows what they're doing and is trained in this. And as you need to watch more, like, mafia movies. <laughs> That's what I've learned from this. Uh, <laughs> she just doesn't remember The Sopranos. You have a deficit of mafia movies in your life, Inez. <laughs> Apparently. Well, now, I mean, Netflix has How to Be a Mob Boss. It's like a documentary of of how yeah. how to get from, you know, where you are now to the heights of the mafia, if you want. It involves a lot of, uh, you know, punching and, and, and stabbing and shooting. I'll watch that as my boot camp, and then I'll come <laughs> ready and better prepared for episode four. And, and it's not no, just Italian so uh, mafia. They, they, uh, they spread it out. There's uh, Italian and uh, African-American and uh, Irish. So, yeah, I mean, Irish, they, yeah. Yeah, they, they really uh, cover all Can their bases. It? I've seen some of it. Yeah, I haven't watched it because I just thought I'd get it'd be like way too stimulating and keep me up all night and I'd binge it. <laughs> it, it's uh, it's a series that Netflix yeah. has made. I don't know if you've seen the other ones, Inez, but there's like how to be a cult leader and like Peter Dinklage, which is funny because we're talking about, you know, Lena Headey here. Um, but Peter Dinklage does all the narration and it's it's sort of tongue in cheek, but it is actual real biographical information. So it is stimulating, like like you said, Cammy. Yeah, Inez, I think it would be really interesting for you to do that, to actually have a little boot camp and see if that does change your perspective on anything i mean you've seen the godfather right 
Yes. I have okay. Seen, All right. Have but you seen it recently? <laughs> and that's a little different. <laughs> Michael Corleone is no Tony Soprano, okay? He had a heart. Yeah, it came full circle on him, though. Uh, having a heart, losing his heart, needing his heart back, having it pulled out. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, yeah. So not relevant here, Paul. Nope. Thank nope. You. Just, Thank just like a baseline. Watch Sopranos or the other one. Not to get off track. Baseline, sorry, go ahead. From our Beacon Twenty Three discussion, though. All right. So we think there's going to be some more visits to the Beacon. I didn't foresee exactly that another QTA representative, but I think if this was like Star Trek or something, there would be sort of like an accidental visitor that would that would show up. So maybe that's a combination of what will come next, like someone that happens on the beacon and is like oh geez i could really use help from the beacon but it turns out he's he's actually another qta (laughs) plant um maybe that's coming up soon i don't know if that's the next one but that kind of makes sense in the in the structure of the story that they're telling yeah i'm gonna have to use this new lens from what we've conversed over today and use this lens to see if I catch some of that when I watch the next episode, because I don't know, I feel like maybe I'm just like logicing Aster's behavior. Okay. (laughs) You know, know, like, um, you know, this is a future and, you know, there's a lot of like eradicated kind of conditions. There's not really like depression, anxiety, PTSD and stuff like that. So she seems to be kind of on par with what I'm guessing is like everybody is just a little bit more like just thinking and doing and there's no need to like really bring out any kind of like emotional piece of it. Even Kali was was like that too. Um, so I've just been attributing the fast reaction as like culture, I guess. Okay. <laughs> so I'll keep in mind like with this, but I think that if she hadn't found kind of like some patterns, then it wouldn't be a thing. I think she did go in there with like the mission in mind and things have like kind of, you know, but the circumstance has forced her to kind of like have the opportunity to see these things around and so she just feels strongly compelled to do it and who knows maybe that could be part of whatever's like the puppet masters above them right whoever's like compromised halen maybe she also has some kind of level of compromise that she's not aware of and there's like a natural kind of like draw of like these things that are supposed to come together Mm. or along those same lines she came for some reason that we aren't sure yet. And maybe she's gone a little rogue, right? Mm-hmm. In that now that she's come in contact with the stones, there's something larger that's forming in her mind as a plan. But along the way, she's realized that Halen has some connection to it. But this poor guy's brains are scrambled and he doesn't know anything anymore. But the longer she hangs out with him, the more he seems to recall. Right. And the deeper their connection to the rocks gets. So maybe that's why she needs to string this along is that it's not a complete connection to Halen, although there is some empathy and compassion there. But it is more like she, for her own ends, needs to know more about what's going on with the rocks. And Halen, she thinks, might be a key to unlocking that for her. Yeah, she's always thinking. You always see her have a lot of just looking off and having like a stern face, but you can tell that there's a lot of things going on in her head and she's 
got curiosities too, and she doesn't hesitate to keep investigating into those curiosities. I'm here and I concur. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> well, since we're all in agreement and we've hit the one hour mark on our podcast, I think we're run out of things to say on this one. What do you guys think? I don't think so, but you don't think so? You're right. I don't think we ran out of things, but I think we've hit the time. So. well thanks for joining us again this week on our coverage of beacon 23 this one again was the third one called why can't we go on as three it's because the third one started talking too much and so uh (laughs) one of the first two one has got a big mouth (laughs) exactly so one liver stabbing later and we're back down to two That should have been the title. One liver stabbing later. (laughs) (laughs) We need to title our our podcast. Oh, we we are. We're three hosts in a beacon. Yeah, I saw that. Oh, my God. Okay. Okay. So who's Astra here? Oh, boy. Who's Polly here? Yeah, I don't know. It's one of you two's Aster. You got the bigger brain. You got the... The, the yeah, beer, we're the ladies. The Taylor. master plan. It's okay. We got it. <laughs> anyway, thank you. I loved, loved talking about this. I can't wait to talk about it more. This is a really great show and it makes me so excited. I can't, I can't wait for next week. I'm glad to hear you say that. I've hooked people on to uh, shitty shows before and we've had to finish just because we started. And uh, so I'm glad to, that you're enjoying this. Oh my God. I hope we do that sometime soon because that's that's also fun. I'm, a, I'm an excellent shit talker. Oh man. <laughs> if you have time to waste, go watch uh, the series of The Mist based on Stephen King's book. It is nothing like his book except that there is mist. <laughs> <laughs> Only if you'll talk to me about it for an hour. Oh, Caroline and I did a podcast and we were like, man, this is stupid. Can't wait for this to be done. I can't wait to listen to that then. I'm so excited. (laughs) Need that moral support when I watch it. That's funny. Well, again, this has been Paul with Pod Clubhouse. Uh, You can find me at uh, at Pod Clubhouse on X formerly known as Twitter or on Instagram uh, or also Paul V. Daily on X or Daily Review on Instagram. I can be found on X at Neasy Thinks and then I will start my search of Facebook discussion groups of this show so that I can start kind of diving into for some homework before we, we chat. So maybe you might see me in there somewhere. Causing trouble. <laughs> um, alrighty, cool. And I'm on Instagram, Gabby Vivar, if anyone wants to find me for whatever. Strong opinions, um, mostly. Boring reason thing. Yeah, I don't really talk about entertainment, though, so. Find me here, right here. On the podcast. <laughs> That's yes. the real Gabby Vivar. Exactly. All right. Well, thanks for joining us and we'll see you again or kind of next week. Yes. Thank you for listening. This has been an original Pod Clubhouse production. Pod Clubhouse is a podcast network dedicated to encouraging collaboration among podcasters and friends to bring a fresh voice and diverse perspective on a wide array of content. Please visit and leave a comment for us at podclubhouse.com. Rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast feeds on Apple Podcasts. 
Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find us at Pod Clubhouse. Our DMs are always open, and we'd love to hear from you. Pod Clubhouse.